The Dragon Rewrite is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that there are no armadillos in Hawaii? But it's not because it's an island. It's because armadillos just can't resist throwing themselves into volcanoes. The word caldera is an old Hawaiian word that means armadillo paradise. <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes daily, early, and to check out some cool merchandise, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're talking about chapters 19 through 23 of The Eye of the World again. Previously, the Emmonsfield crew does barrel on. How much trouble can a band of down country bumpkins get into in a small town? It turns out a whole lot. After some unsettling nightmares, Rand shares all of his personal info with the first obviously nefarious person he runs into, this dude would not last 10 seconds on the internet. <laughs> then Rand joins forces with, sorry. Then Rand joins forces with Matt and they manage to locate and antagonize the one faction in town whose radar they least want to be uh, showing up on. When they leave town, the inn there we're staying at gets burned and we honestly can't say for sure who did it. Dark friends, white cloaks, shadow spawn, mob of angry townsfolk, all are equally likely at this point. Maybe Matt left a lantern burning. Uh, yeah, I mean, Matt might've done it, right? <laughs> So they leave Barillon in flames, an army of nightmare creatures in hot pursuit. After a few close calls, they decide that their best bet is to go to the one place even Shadowspawn won't fuck with. Surely they'll be safe there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, too dangerous for the source of all evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spot. That's, that's the perfect spot. Yes, so chapter 19, Shadows Waiting, Icon of the Ravens. They repair to an empty building in Shadow Logoth. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, they they're just kind of walking around this this city and obviously conspicuously devoid of life. But uh, Rand is struck by the scale of this place. Like mm -hmm. the you know the 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 smallest building in here could have held like two wine springs in it or something like that. You know, it's so cool. This yeah. description of the city, this ancient abandoned city full of menace and grandeur. And before we get into that, I want to spend a minute talking about four paragraphs, I think it is, of characterization of Nynaeve in one spot that was like, I had to reread it over and over because it was so subtly, beautifully well done. Mm -hmm. uh, Nynaeve is talking to Lan and uh, about how she's concerned about Moraine. She says, I may not like her, it is true, but I help anyone who needs my help, whether I like them or not. So first of all, that tells us more about who Nynaeve is. Yeah, and right. then and it's pretty good for her also because she doesn't like anybody. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't like anybody, but she's a healer. And she starts getting upset and frustrated that Maureen is not taking care of herself, which further explains who Nynaeve is. Um, Maureen, and, and she's getting uh, snotty at Lan, and Maureen tells Lan, be at ease, Lan. She means no harm. She simply does not know. Nynaeve stopped digging in her bag and looked at him, frowning, but it was to Moraine she spoke. There are many things I don't know. What thing is this? So. <laughs> she's like open to like. Yeah, yeah like yeah. she's, you know, she's open and she's curious, which means she's going to be a great Aes Sedai. I think it's a huge sign of intelligence to say that there are many things you don't know. And then uh, it ends with Moraine saying, your, your knowledge is very useful. What would you suggest I take right now? And Nynaeve just like lists off some stuff she's going to take, like. Oh my god! Yeah, it was so awesome. good. It was so good. Just in these little paragraphs. Yeah, yeah it's kind of I didn't I didn't think of it till you brought that up. But 
I think Nynaeve realizes that this is important, even though her stated goal is, I'm gonna fuck this up, and I hate Moraine, but she realizes the whole thing's important, and the right thing to do is to help in any way she can. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Shadow Logoth is, is awesome as they explore it. I know, I wish I could check it out. Yeah. So, I, the, while they're prepping their horses, Tom talks to them about this battle cry thing that Matt did, and he says it's essentially a product of their old blood, but like, I was thinking about this. Doesn't literally everyone have old blood? Like, they're super inbred, right? Yeah, like what he really means is inbred blood, right? Like, where, if, if this is the old blood, where's that new blood coming from? Uh huh. Like, there's, I'm sure there's gotta be theories out there about Matt. Like, I don't think Matt was just some other, like, rando. There had to be something special, even setting him apart from being of the blood of Minethrin, right? Yeah. For, like, all this stuff to happen to him. Well, setting aside the, the Taverinness of it, they have been mixing, so they're all descendants of all the same people. Yeah. Right? yeah. But why was he the only one who had that specific cry? All the he's, others were just like, Monothorin, and he was saying the old tongue. He's yeah. especially Out of inbred. nowhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like, why are all the other names like I or all? It's like, Cawthon means like, I don't know. My, my parents are cousins or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's the old and, tongue. And the old tongues, yeah. <laughs> Kiss and sisters. Yeah. Well, the, the pattern needed him to be that way, and so it made him that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he says it's as if some dead man was speaking with my mouth. Mm. So, so creepy. I, I wonder. I just gotta know, you know? Because yeah. his dad is a cool is cool as shit, too. I wonder if there is a story there. I wonder if his dad occasionally spouts the old tongue, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he like, hits his thumb, he's like, You're locked to follow up. That was really good. That's his old tongue, yeah. That's, that's whoa, cool. whoa. Yeah, that's, oh, sorry. I just, wait, what did I say? <laughs> actually... What I meant to say was, fuck my thumb, but... <laughs> well, you know, my theory is that people in Emmett's field are always just speaking the old tongue to each other all the time, and none of them notice it. Uh-huh. And it's not until, like, Moraine and Lan come and, and show up that they actually notice themselves doing it. Oh, it's like that town of people, like, off the coast of Carolina or something who have that weird dialect that nobody understands. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's uh, some islands off the coast of, I think it's South Carolina, and the people there have this dialect that is, nobody can understand it. It's like, comes way, way down from like the first people who settled, Europeans who settled wow, there. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. What a cool thing. I'll have to look it up and send it to you. It is really interesting. So after they settle into a, a nice safe building and, and Moraine sets up some wards and whatnot. Protects them, you know, so that they are right. super safe as long as they're in this building. Matt <laughs> convinces Perrin and Rand to go wandering off without telling anybody. Yeah, Perrin and Rand, are like, to their credit, they're like, I don't know if this is a good idea, right? Like, there's got to be a reason that Trollocs don't come here, right? And Matt's like, nah. Yeah. She said it's fine. <laughs> think how cool it would be to just wander around out there and see what happens. Yep. Uh, I, I kind of think I don't know if this is intentional, but Matt's Matt's been making the plans for them, mm-hmm. and it's terrible now. But later on, during the last battle and whatnot, that's gonna be great that Matt's making the plan. He's the guy that makes the plans, right? <laughs> Everyone's yeah, used that's to this. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's just bad at it. He's right a now. leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as they're exploring, I I I I was thinking about this. So as they're exploring, um, they don't find like much of interest, right? Until. Matt says one word that I kind of think drives everything that happens afterwards, and that's treasure. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. There's this like evil force here, right? And it's just like watching them. And it doesn't have anything to like attach to until he says that, because what happens next. Right. Like right away. Right. Like yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
is that uh, is that the the thing that appears is treasure, and the thing that like entices Matt is this treasure dagger, right? Yeah. So like it, it something something so either something planted the seed of greed in Matt, or the seed of greed in Matt is something that the the the, the city responded to, right? Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of Ghostbusters-y in that way, right? Yeah. Like, if you're wandering out there and be like, man, I sure could use some apple pie or whatever, <laughs> then more death would show up. I found all this apple pie. I can't eat it all. It's going to go bad. What do I do? What do I... Surely you can help me. You look like hungry young lads. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so uh, a nice man named Mordeth shows up. Yeah, as we've talked about this before, the names, right? <laughs> yeah. So your name is Mordeth, huh? Yeah. yeah no, I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds worse. No, it's Mordeth. Mordeth. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. No, no, I won't come into the street. You come into the shadows with me. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, sure thing. Mordeth. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to follow me into the darkness. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know why it's so yeah. funny to me, but he gets he gets pissed off when they don't recognize his name. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. Or maybe he's like, this You're was an intelligence test and you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I was going to tell you my real name to make it interesting for me, but you don't even know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like the, another thing happens, just like the treasure thing, where where Rand says, well, "Sure is dark in here," and then all of a sudden, a bunch of torches are there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So there's a bunch, bunch of uh, treasure. Uh, Mordeth wants them all to just just touch it, just touch it. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, okay." I mean, like, yeah. oh, we were gonna, right? I mean, we're of course we're gonna touch it. How I else are we gonna carry it out of here? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, but when but when they mention Maureen and Tarvalon, Mordeth reacts in a really bizarre way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he screams and balloons up to huge size, and then, and then dives through a crack like smoke. Sure, like you do. <laughs> Which is he had these guys, right? He totally had them. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. I don't know. Until he, he just lost it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes him mad, but at that same, that's also the moment when Rand realizes he's, he doesn't have a shadow. Oh, it's true. Yeah. 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 So it's it's kind of a it's it's Mirdral like because Mirdral also are unnatural in their true. environment. Yeah, they, they break the rules. Yeah, yeah. I wonder is Mordeth just a an illusion, a projection? Is he made of the same stuff as that mist? I wonder. Yeah, I know that he's he's a separate, somewhat separate entity, but more of like an extent because the the thing that Phil Shutter Logoth doesn't have a mind, right? It's like right, a, yeah. like a mindless horror. It's not. But... It's not Mordeth. Mordeth is the guy that came to. Eret Hall originally, but well, I guess he was sort of like absorbed into it, or, or you know, his, yeah, his consciousness exists within it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a few days later, a few days later, a few pages later, they talk about what he is. Um, he was he was a guy who was not consumed by Mashadar, but he was snared by it. Um, and then I like it if he ever convinces someone to accompany him to the walls to the boundary of Mashadar's power, he will be able to consume the soul of that person. Mordeth will leave wearing the body of the one he. War, worse than killed to wreck his evil on the world again. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, after this happens, this suitably freaks them out. They flee, uh, leaving the treasure behind them. All the treasure. Asterisk. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. With that nice little ending, you are all dead! Yeah, yes, he, he, Mordeth screeches at them. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't keep it together, I guess. No. It's probably been like a hundred years yeah, or something. Yeah, he, he doesn't get, like, probably doesn't get a lot, a lot of opportunities to practice this spiel, right? So he's it's just like... Totally kicking himself after this. Yeah, yeah he's oh, probably man. super embarrassed. Okay, yeah. next time, next time, don't balloon up into a fill up the room. Make sure you have a shadow. Don't mm-hmm. scream. Maybe don't tell him your name is Mordeth. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call myself More Fun. More, more <laughs> Fun. More yeah. Fun Death. More Fun. Yeah. Uh, and of course, when they get back, they all like 
vomit out their story incoherently, right? Yeah. Uh, but they, as soon as they say the name Mordef, that's when Maureen gets serious. And yeah, and she tells him. Tells us the, uh, the history of this place. Uh, and Okay, so Matt listens to all of this, the curse and the lore, and he still keeps that dagger. Motherfucker. Yeah, like, I, f- I forgot how stupid this is. Yeah, like, it specifically says, don't take anything he gives you or he'll hollow you out and use you as his evil vessel or whatever. So I, I, I know what happened in Matt's mind. He's like, well, he didn't give me the dagger. I stole the dagger. <laughs> right? I mean, like, that's that's got to be the thing. Yeah, that's... That's Matt talk. That's yeah. that's Matt reasoning. And it's funny how acquisitive he is now because later when he starts gambling, he doesn't give a shit about possessions anymore, really. It's, it's a true, huge change. Yeah. yeah. I guess he just gets so wealthy. Yeah, and like that's that's a really good point because he's he's all he's always thinking, you know, easy come, easy go. He's a gambler. Yeah, yeah that's true. Hmm. But that's after his uh, his personality enema, uh, right? True, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the story. The story of how Mordeth came to Arid Hall and corrupted it. Yeah. It is uh, pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. And I, in general, I love it when Maureen tells stories in this book. Well, She's a she, good storyteller. Yeah, it's kind of the highlight of it. I agree. And she has like a lot of like interesting history. I, th- I think you know it's a combination of the, the fact that she you know, narrates these things well, but it's also the... It's, I always love learning the weird history of this world, you know? Yeah. But then Lan comes back with news. There are Trollocs inside the walls, headed towards their camp. Uh, they have to flee. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so while they're sleeping, Bran does have nightmares, but they are, you know, they seem to be nightmares inspired by the nightmarish Eldritch horror that they experienced, yeah, and not the nightmares. the dream invasion kind. So, still seems to be not dreaming, uh, not having his balls on dreams of Maureen's around. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. true. Chapter twenty: Dust on the Wind. Like that song, <laughs> I kind of the Trollocs. So they head out, and they are immediately separated from Morin and Land by Mashadar. Yeah, like right away, they go around the block, and and they're separated. Yeah, the, so so Mashadar is these creeping tendrils of deadly fog. Um, yeah, it's like, creepy, like like smart fog that's that's waving around its tentacles and like seeking out life. delicious life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, as you said, they immediately separate. So clearly, they've never seen a horror movie. This is like the worst possible. You yeah, know? Uh, they they come up with a rough plan. They're all going to split up and head through the city and, and meet up at the river, where Moraine will get them across the river, and the river will stop the Trollocs. Uh, then the group without Moraine and Land see some Trollocs and scatter in six different directions. Yeah, everyone <laughs> goes in a different direction, which is hard to do in a city, right? Like there's yeah, streets, right? you know? This must have been like a big Times Square kind of intersection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we, you know, we, we follow Rand as he's yeah. chased by Trollocs and Mirdral. Yeah, he sees some Trollocs, uh, the Mirdral. Uh, he sees them get got by Mashadar. Seems like a real bad time. Yeah, they die screaming like the sound of hornets. All the hornets in the world buzzing at once. Cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Don't touch that, Rand. <laughs> Rand meets up with Matt and Tom, and uh, they make it out of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rand nearly kills Matt, thinking he's a Trolloc. Yeah, that would And be then fun. Matt clutches his throat, checking to see if his throat has been cut. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the throat. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And then, is this our first perspective shift? I think this is, yeah. Yeah, We've to Perrin. Perrin. And I think this is the first, except for Luz there and Telewan. Well, sure. <laughs> the first non Rand. So Perrin, uh, unlike Rand and Matt, who run screaming through the city uh, and gather each other up, uh, Perrin is thinking slow and steady and being very cautious and, and hiding 
and deciding which way to go. Yeah, thinking about how people think he's slow, but he really just likes to think things through. Another classic. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of that from Perrin later. And he meets up with Egwene, and they get out of the city, and then they get chased around by Trollocs. Yeah. Uh, and they ride straight into the river. I was thinking about this. It is a long time before they meet up again, right? Like, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've read this book, but this division that happens right here with Perrin and Egwene traveling together, Matt and Rand traveling together, and... Yeah, you know. they meet up in Camelon, right? Eventually. Yes. Or do all of them meet up in Camelon? I think it's later, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think some of them meet in Camelon, but I don't think all, I think some of them don't meet again until Tarvalon, maybe. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, they don't go to Tarvalon in this book. Oh yeah. They go to Camelon, and then they go through the Waygates. Oh, that's right. I think. Oh man. Oh, no, you're. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, either yeah. way, it's it's a while before they actually gather up again. Right. Perrin swims across the river. Uh, thinking about how heavy his axe is the whole time. <laughs> Classic Perrin. Yeah. yeah, it's somehow heavier than a hammer. <laughs> That's right. A hammer. If I was wearing a hammer, it would have floated, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, 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 they hit the river at a sprint. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they ride straight into it, and uh, no more horse for Perrin. He's gone. Yeah. Later on, he says something like, I'm sure it you know, got out of the river and From, yeah, ran off on its own. They yeah. met like a nice horse. To live with, and they raise little horse kids. Yeah, maybe there's like yeah. a nice horse pasture that it just like went to retire in. Yeah, but uh, he starts looking for shelter on the other side, and then back to Rand and Matt. They're fleeing more Trollocs. The Trollocs have catch poles and nooses that they're chasing them with, which is kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom has yet another chance to leave, and yet another very good reason to leave. But instead, he saves the the boys from some Trollocs. Yeah, so they're taking a much more aggressive approach than Perrin and Egwene. They're, they're, you know, Matt's using his bow, Tom's using his Gleeman's knives. Yeah. Yeah. His Gleeman's throwing knives. The, uh, the, the practicality of throwing knives from horseback here. But yeah. Tom really nails them. Yeah, yeah. And so as a result, they make it to the river pretty okay. Yeah. They get to the river and they head down river and see a boat. And the Trollocs chase them and they jump on the boat. Yeah, and this is the the another moment when Rand uses his power because there's this like chaotic, kind of chaotic boarding with the Trollocs attacking. Yeah. And a boom, the sail comes loose and cracks the Trolloc on the head. Yeah. Uh, which is sort of lucky because that boom was supposed to be fastened, you know, secured. Yeah, yeah. And then they're off. They're on Bail Domon's boat. Yes, another classic character. Hey. Yeah. Sometimes merchant, sometimes Sean Chan's slave. <laughs> Always entertaining. But he likes it, though. He <laughs> likes it. That's true. That's true. Uh, that, yeah, I guess he goes to a pretty weird place. Hmm. So Bail Domon. Yeah, I, everybody loves Bail Domon. He's really fun. He's a, a man of the world. Uh, they're on his boat. I feel really bad for Gelb. Because he did secure that boom. He did. Uh -huh. He's getting uh -huh. fired. Yeah, he's yeah. losing his job. Well, he did lie also. Wasn't he also the guy who was sleeping when the, when Rand stepped on him? It's true. He did. Yeah, yeah. And then tried to call them dark friends. He said they said he attacked. They he said they attacked him. And I, you know, when you wake me up by jumping on my stomach, <laughs> and then I'm in the middle of a, a battle with dark spawn. I'm not at my best either. No, no, <laughs> that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. As far as he knows, right? You know, this, yeah. yeah. Um, so Domon questions them uh, as they float down river, and Tom spins a tale to explain themselves. It's maybe like 20% true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they end up just paying for passage with Maureen's coins. Oh, no. Yeah, so, so Bail Domon like, shakes them down, right? And of course, 
he, he's like, so how much you got on them? And the kids are like, well, let's see what I got in my box. And yeah. they, they just like yeah. dump all their money on and the table. And Tom's just like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this enough money? I don't know. Yeah. And uh, Tom's like, yes, that's exactly enough money. You're yeah. Lucky. Tom's like, dudes, come on. Yeah. And then Bail Dolman is like, man, I'm tired of these trollocs trying to get on my boat. Uh-huh. So they don't have to explain that part at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness, right? Yeah. Apparently he's had trolloc problems before. And uh, they head on downriver. But at least they have the ride to Whitebridge for nearly all of their money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chapter 21. Listen to the wind. Icon of the staff. Nynaeve searches for the others along the river. Uh, the Trollocs have just left her alone. Uh, she finds that creepy. I find that creepy. I gotta say, she, so she wakes up, annoyed herself for falling asleep, and I gotta, like, she must be a pro-level sleeper if she managed to sleep after the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's just, like, having a little, like, cat nap. Yeah, like, right? You just got tra- chased by Miradral and Trollocs and Eldritch Horror, you know, fog monsters. It just, you know, that, I wouldn't feel very nappy after that. I assume she angry sleeps, you know. <laughs> rage rage sleeps. <laughs> then she comes across Maureen and Lan, who have also struck out looking for the boys. Uh, she eavesdrops on them, on them for a while. They don't know how the Trollocs disappeared. Yeah, how they appeared undetected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we know now that they, they've been using the ways. Yeah, but there's, it's so many Trollocs that, that somebody should have noticed. Yeah. Well, it re- wasn't there wasn't there a story about uh, Shatter Logoth? Um, a bunch of Trollocs died inside and there was like writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, but when people came back, literally everything was gone. Right, yeah. So it, it like the first night it feasted and the second night it cleaned up the place. Yeah, yeah nice. and did it like throw it all in the, in the ways or... Yeah, good question. Oh, yeah. there is. That's right. There is a way gate in Shadow Lord. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. Also, so Trollocs have language and they can write. It's not just Narg. Okay. Yeah. You're, yeah. They must be it. And they have yeah. their own language, right? Yeah. They no, it's, it's they definitely do talk to each other. It's more them knowing, you know, whatever the language that people in Randland speak. Common. Mm-hmm. Common. Yeah. Or the old tongue. We don't yeah. know. Maureen does right. throw off uh, a reference, though. She says that all the Forsaken together couldn't travel a thousand Trollocs. Which is, Which is probably weird. not true, right? Yeah, is we, this, I mean, this is either some like retconning yeah. on Robert Jordan's part, or maybe Moraine just the the I said I have this time do not know how traveling works at all. Well, we know that we know they don't, right? Like yeah. they, they, it's something they knew theoretically exists, but they, they, but they later on they know about gateways. They they recognize traveling when they see it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Probably retconning. I mean, yeah. he had a lot of threads to keep putting. So right I in think there. I think this is a. He should have kept it this way because I, I think one of the reasons these books fall apart later on is that everybody starts teleporting around all the time with their armies and distances no longer mean anything and the, all the military stuff is really w- weird and janky mm-hmm. because everybody's teleporting all the time. Yeah, you could literally drop an army in the middle of a city. And, you yeah, know. so they should have kept it that you couldn't travel with a large army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or that, you know, that it's hard enough that, yeah, that you, could, you could move small numbers of people or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it's just really, like, it's really gross. Like, it just gets you super sticky with, like, traveling snot. <laughs> and no one wants to do Nobody that. wants to do that, yeah. It's yeah. like, you can maybe, like, get half a dozen people and then, yeah. like, are willing to tolerate it. But then Maureen senses Nynaeve eavesdropping on them. Yeah. Sensing, senses her with the power of her magic, because Nynaeve's got a lot of magic. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she just shows Lan, though, that Nynaeve was able to sneak up on him. Mm-hmm. And that really does it for him. Yeah. You can tell his, his Lan engine is running. I have to. So th- this is this is also where they start talking about Nynaeve's ability, and this kicks off one of the most frustrating arcs for me, which is Nynaeve's whole block thing. Mm. The fact that she has all this this power, but like just can only channel when she's angry. It's like funny for a little bit, but I, I think it just goes on too long. 
Yeah, it should. It, these books, well. <laughs> but when it's she like, finally like breaks it. Everything in the books can be described that way, right? Yeah. But, but I do think when she finally breaks the block thing, it is incredibly satisfying for what it's worth, you know? Yeah. Then Moraine gives Nynaeve the rundown on channeling sickness, mm-hmm. which is relevant to other events going on in this book, right? Yes. Rand, this is happening to Rand, too. Yeah. That's, I, that's why he did the White Cloak thing, is because he had channeling sickness, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot, too, um, an affinity affinity develops when she uses the power to heal someone. She can sense the presence of somebody she's oh, healed. I forgot about that too. Yeah. 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 Which is why she could sense Egwene. Mm, right, yeah. Uh, Maureen also says Egwene knows how to channel and she'll probably die from channeling sickness without help. Yeah. And then uh, Maureen easily reverse psychologizes Nynaeve into coming along with them. Um, and then Lan goes and finds Nynaeve's horse without tracking where she hid it. And that really does it for Nynaeve. <laughs> they're like, oh, man, they're so hot for each other it's right really here, right now. Absolutely. If Maureen weren't, right, weren't, weren't there, man, it would have been like go time. Yeah. And Maureen knows that because they got a bond, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, she's probably, she can probably sense the horniness through the bond. Oh. <laughs> right. Awkward. So, yeah, Maureen so, decides that the way to go is to track the, the, the kids on the boat. Yeah. Um, and leave Perrin and meet up with them when, when he can. Yeah, because Perrin still has the coin, although she doesn't know it's Perrin. Right. So they're heading downriver after Rand and Matt. Yeah, it's, it's interesting reading these interactions between Lan and Nynaeve because, uh, like, you can you can tell, like, this. It, you know, it's like, like, Lan is, is such a stoic character, but you can, the way he subtly reacts, you can, you can read that, that like, he's got yeah. a, an interest in Nynaeve, even now. I think it's too subtle because I, I remember being surprised that they fall in love at the end of this book. It feels like of, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah like, like but really them? Like, I, like I, I, I remember actually pretty clearly when I first read these books, I was like, I'd, I'd, I have to go look up who these characters are because they're not who I thought they were, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it's, it's there. You're right that it is there, but I think it's too subtle. The, the thing that throws it off is Nynaeve reacts to Lan in a really negative way. When he does these things, like she, she's assuming something about him incorrectly. She's still kind of assuming the worst. Yeah. But like she's reacting to his interest in her in, in that way. It's True. interesting. Chapter 22, A Path Chosen, Icon of the Forest. Perrin wakes up under his makeshift pile of branches that he kept warm with. Uh, he heads downstream and finds Egwene. Uh, Egwene has made it across with Bella, or I should rather say Bella carried Egwene across. Yeah, <laughs> Bella, horse of legend, towed her across the river to safety. Yeah, yeah. the first of, of many great uh, deeds to be done. I mean, yeah. Bella saved her life, and Egwene saved the world, so... It's Bella really? saved the Bella world, saved yeah. The world. yeah. Like, once you know what you're looking for, it's pretty easy to see how Bella is kind of the hero of the story, honestly. That's, that's why Bella chose to be in that stable at that time, to, yeah. to go along. They, Bella knew. She knew. Needed yeah. Bell, yeah. Bella Tavarin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Egwene is doing a lot better than Perrin has done, right? She's got a fire and whatnot, and Perrin was sleeping under leaves. Uh, Egwene is surprised when Perrin says, I've been thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ouch. And um, then Perrin is surprised that Egwene would let somebody else make a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, all this went by me pretty fast when I first read these books, and now I kind of see the seeds of these characters. Yeah. Uh, Perrin's plan is to head straight east to Camelin overland uh, through the wasteland. I okay. This is such a bad idea. Like we, yeah. we we learn more about this later, but like from what we know of this place, there's lots of empty space on this map, right? Like we know this is sort of like a civilization in decline. So you know, lots of lots of place without 
yeah. people. But so far, what they found in the places in between the cities is a ancient city consumed by a, a you know an eldritch right. horror of carnivorous fog monster thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So finding nothing is is the good outcome, right? <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I get where they're coming from, but like. It would, there's a lot of places on this map that you maybe just don't want to wander through, right? Yeah. But uh, that's what they decided to do. <laughs> yeah, that's parent's plan. I, I think, really think they should have gone downriver. That would have been much smarter, yes. And, you know, less likely to get lost that way. Yeah. Chapter 23. Wolf Brother. Icon of the Wolf. Egwene and Perrin make their way, uh, trying to live off the land. It's really, really hard because they're in kind of a, a grassy steppe kind of area. Uh, where there are very few trees and nothing much lives. They're not doing great. Yeah, they, they kind of fight over who's going to ride Bella and whether Egwene is allowed to use her awesome new magic powers to light fires for them. Right. i, I got to say, yeah. as someone who has actually used a fire bow to start a fire, <laughs> I say, fuck that. You know, use <laughs> your magic, man. Yeah, parent, get on board. Come on. Yeah. Ride the horse, let her use the magic to, to start the fires. Manually starting fires sucks. <laughs> <laughs> They see no sign of people whatsoever. Um, they see lots of ruins, all sorts of ruined stuff, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Perrin does actually have nightmares in which he's being chased by a Balsamon, but it's kind of unclear if they're the magic kind or the normal kind. I think maybe they're the magic kind, but this is, like, Balsamon doesn't know where he is, so he's actually chasing the dreams. It's probably just as annoying for Balsamon as he is. Where is he? Uh, then they, they meet Elias, or rather Elias meets them after watching them stumble around for two days like morons. Yeah, yeah he's been watching them for, you know, for a while and decides that he's, they're probably going to starve if he doesn't help them. Yeah, uh, so he feeds them. Do uh, you think Elias caught those, those conies, or do you think the wolves, uh, the wolves caught them? Uh, I think right, right? He, they hunt together. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a little, little bit of both. Uh, and it's funny because Elias at this point clearly has not been around humans in a really long time. Like later on, he becomes a little more creepy, weird. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, for now, yeah, 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 less creepy, weird. But at this point, he is, yeah, he, like he he informs them not very politely that they're way the hell off course, and then yeah. he's just like he's like rolling on the ground laughing. Yeah, and, literally rolling on the ground laughing, like like a crazy person. It's real <laughs> awkward. Yeah, uh, I I like this. I thought this. Is, I it, it explains why Perrin and Egwene are not comfortable with this guy. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> like. He's not. He's not crazy. He's just got a little bit of the wolf, a little bit of the wolf brain, you know. Yeah. Uh, he does say though that they won't. If they head along the line that they're heading, they won't see anybody until the spine of the world. Uh huh. I looked at the map. That is BS. Mm. I mean, there are several major roads and rivers in between them and the spine of the he's, world. He's probably just like you know speaking with hyperbole or something, right? Like, let's see. So uh, no, I mean, like if they if they hit just south of the Dragon Mount, right? They could they could hit this. They could. Cross rivers, but not hit any cities. But those right? are busy rivers, right? Yeah, and there, probably and, there, so. and there's like I looked. There's the the road from Camelon to Tarvalon, and I think the Kyrian road is on the way too. That's a good point. They would definitely hit roads, which we see later. Those are there. Those are heavily peopled. Those roads. There's That's farms a, everywhere. That is a very good point. <laughs> Speaking of wolves, and the wolves yes, show up. Elias has wolf friends. Yeah, the the two rivers. My people, friends are coming. Don't freak out. And his friends show up, and they freak out. It's funny because <laughs> you know the two rivers kids are scared, but Bella is like putting on like a she's like she's like ready to fight. You know. Yeah, yeah. She's she's getting ready to sell her life dearly. Yeah, as Rob Jordan puts it. Yeah, he's like, you mess with this bull, you get the hooves or whatever. Yeah, way to go, Bella. Yeah, she's ready to fight. Warrior horse of legend. You guys, this party is going bad. It's time to leave, uh, but they can't leave. Yeah. Um, so Elias can talk to the wolves, mm -hmm. and 
the wolves inform Elias that Perrin is a wolf brother too. He can talk to the wolves. Oh, and guess who else is here with them? It's Hopper. It's Hopper, yeah. yeah. Hey. Perrin's future friend and mentor, Hopper, is here. Yeah, and I forgot, I like all these wolves. I like Burn. You know, Burn doesn't get a lot of uh, screen time, but, you know, he just... He just hates Trollocs, and that's what he thinks about all the time, is killing Trollocs. I mean, you, you know what? In this world that they're, they're, they're living in, someone who wants to kill a bunch of Trollocs is probably good to have around, you know? Yeah, you want that guy in your pack. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, when they, when they do call, when Elias does call Perrin out as someone who can talk to wolves, Perrin uh, pretends like that's not the coolest damn thing in the whole world, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, of the powers that people have in this series, like... Perrin's wolf talking and the accompanying dream powers, it's pretty fucking clutch, you know? Yeah, it's great. I gotta say, may- maybe maybe top top three, you know, of hmm. all the magic powers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Because in the dream, he can, like, do even wizard stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's better than wizard stuff, right? Yeah, he, he can, can stop, stop barrel fire. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Uh, I liked that... They immediately kind of tell Elias, like, can you get your wolves to back off? And he's like, oh, I'm, the f- I'm not in charge of the pack. <laughs> no, like, no, no, I'm no. They, they do what they're going to do. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you, you don't want to do that because they're going to do what they're going to do. But, right. Yeah. So they, the wolves immediately sniff out parents' lies. Oh, yeah. This is this is interesting. So, uh, yeah, he asks what they're up to. And Egwene rattles off, like, uh, the carefully concocted lie about where they're from. And um, obviously the wolves call bullshit because they can, you know, smell that stuff. Yeah. But I realize that now that I've read the series... Uh, I know that their stuff is bullshit. Like, I can yeah. tell it, right? Yeah, like, they say they're from Saldea. Yeah, like... Anyway, kid. Yeah, right? Like, they don't look, sound, or act like Saldeans. Saldeans are very distinctive people, yeah, right? It's yeah. just a terrible... Uh, it's a terrible cover story. And we also know that Elias has a certain thing with Saldean women, right? Yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> Elias right. has met a few Saldean women, yeah. Also, if you look at where they are on the map, like, they, that doesn't make any sense at all, right? Like, yeah. coming from Saldea, going to Camelon, like, they're... Nowhere near that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's funny. Like now, now, now I know that's a, that's a bullshit story, even without wolves reading minds. You know, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but they give Elias the real story mostly, and uh, Elias offers to shelter them. Like, come live with me. Come live, be a wolf friend with me. Yeah, yeah you know, like don't, don't uh, get involved in this human crap. Yeah, you know, all the all the game you can eat. Uh, you know, like the, the wolf open mic night, very entertaining. You know, <laughs> casually mentions that he uh, killed a few warders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he tells his little a little bit of his backstory, uh, saying that the Reg Aja wanted to gentle him, and that he called them Black Aja to their faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can only imagine how that will. Yeah, happen. but but you know, based on what we know, it is not out of the realm of possibility that they were literally Black Aja, right? It's true. They yeah. could have been. Yeah. It seems like a lot of reds are blacks. Yeah. But then uh, they, they can't stay with him, so he agrees to lead them back to civilization. Yep. Oh, he also mentions that the Aes I think his powers and other the other weird abilities that we see are caused by this this like slow breakdown of reality, which yeah. might actually be true, right? Yeah. So we see that as things as things continue through the series and, and the, the world starts to fall apart, lots of weird things happen, but like powers from ancient times coming back through like that totally makes sense right yeah can i can i read it yeah Um, of course old things coming again i'm not the only one there are other things other folk makes Aes Sedai nervous makes them mutter about ancient barriers weakening things are breaking apart they say they're afraid the dark one will get loose is what yeah Yeah. which it's it's exactly right right. yeah i wonder how many people like men there have been yeah Or, or what's it uh um the guy who can smell evil. Oh, um, yeah. You were, talking about, you were talking about the best power? That's the worst one. <laughs> yeah. 
the guy who can smell, yeah, definitely the, like, it smells bad to him. It's like, oh, man. Especially yes. in a world like this, there's a lot of evil around. Oh, somebody kicked a dog right here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross. I'm going to be smelling this all day. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they head off with Elias, who is cool. Yeah, because they, uh, they decide they don't want to stay... Uh, with yeah. his wolf pack and all, all his awesome wolf guys. I like his wolf buddies. I love their names, where they're they're very descriptive thought concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I thought I always thought that was kind of a fun thing when he when he talks about Dapple and how you know he calls her Dapple, but what it really is is like the 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 play of light on a on a rippling spring uh, li- rippling forest. pond in a winter forest. I was yeah. like, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I love that concept. So that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to talk about chapters 24 through 28 of The Eye of the World. I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think might like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the The light light illumine you. you.